the award-winning Your Financial Editor program on 930 WFMD. News from the worlds of business and finance with your financial editor, Chris Murray. Welcome to another edition of the Your Financial Editor program right here on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. I am Chris Murray, your host. Thanks so much for being with us. I hope uh, everything's going well for you and your family. Uh, Enjoying the weekend so far um, and uh, good program planned for you. Uh, We're going to be talking about some interesting top stories, giving you some updates to previous top stories that we've covered here. Um, and also um, some economic data, including that jobs report yesterday. And then joining me in just a little bit, David Ditch from the Heritage Foundation. We're going to be talking about um, the uh, spending bill that uh, came out of Congress right before they uh, packed up their tent and headed out of town and took the whole month off. So. Um, there's good and bad. Unfortunately, I think more bad. They could have done more work. But um, anyway, we're going to pull that apart, let you know where we are on that. You have to also remember, this is important because um, I think it's September, we run out of money, so they're going to be talking about another resolution um, and uh, and whatever else they can conjure up and uh, squeeze into these bills, these, uh, these pet projects and the pork. So uh, we'll be getting as much information to you as possible uh, when we do talk about that spending bill. Well, um, you know, I am uh, totally not on board with the uh, the climate uh, agenda push, false narrative, whatever you want to call it, that's been uh, put forward for years now. As a matter of fact, I'm not even supposed to be here because the world ended, I think, on um, uh, or in 2012. But uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, we're just continuing to limp across the uh, the finish line. Um, but they've been wrong time and time again. Uh, now you've got someone that uh, won one of the uh, most prestigious awards um, that are given saying that um, these and he's a physicist, by the way, uh, that uh, the, the whole climate thing is is a joke. It's fake science. And um, unfortunately, what it's turned into, it's been weaponized and um, politicians and companies are using it against creation and against uh, the people on this planet in a very, very evil way. So um, when you really dive into it, you see that um, it is a joke. They say they're going to um, reduce the temperature by half of a percent or one percent, but yet they can't prove it. They also can't prove what that would mean. Um, It's just a bunch of it's a bunch of lies, unfortunately. Um, people should know better than to lie and to lie blatantly to your face like they do every day uh, on TV, on radio, on websites, on social media. But that's what's going on. And the result of that, by the way, you're paying for all this. Just so so you know, why is it important? Well, number one, it's a lie. And number two, it hurts people that need traditional, reliable energy the most at the least expensive cost, it hurts them. Um, but the other thing is, number three, is that they're, uh, they, being these politicians, are using your money, um, and it's basically they're laundering money, and um, it, it's adding to our uh, national debt, which we'll talk about also. But an example this week, Ford Motor Company came out and said they uh, announced to uh, the public that they expect to lose $4.5 billion from electric vehicles this year alone. Just this year. Last year, they lost $1.8 billion. Um, so, you know, or excuse me, billion is what they lost last year. So um, the company said, look, we're going to reduce the price of our electric pickup truck, uh, and that's going to help. Of course, they've laid people off. Um, So these are the results. But what's the, the reason it's so painful, too, to watch is that in using your money, meaning taxpayer money, they're giving all of the automakers 
uh, just crazy loans, crazy amounts of money available to them. And the the auto manufacturers are just rubbing their hands together going, this is fantastic. They're going to try to make it so everybody has to get a new vehicle, i.e. an electric vehicle. So that's why you're starting to see these dates being pushed where, um, you know, whatever it is, California, it's probably already passed. But, you know, you go out to... 2025, 2030, 2035, you're starting to see all these numbers where they're not going to sell cars that are run by traditional energy. So, again, the manufacturers are loving it. And and plus, they're getting all this money thrown at them. In the process, they're losing this money. $4.5 billion this year. That's just one automaker, Ford. The other thing that's sickening is that Ford Motor Company is partnering with the world's largest battery company. Guess what? It's a Chinese-based company called Contemporary Am. Boy, we've got some really smart people making these decisions, don't we? Um, and, I, you, you know, I understand the, the libertarians and, you know, the peace and love people are like, you just have to follow the dollars, man. You know, you can't... You can't walk away from it. It's easy money. I want to sell solar panels. Um, you know, I just, I want to, you know, whatever, man. It makes me money. You're, that's lazy. That's a lazy response. And we know we're not supposed to put money before things that are right. It's it's really, really a shame the more you hear um, how these people discount what's going on and sell their souls. That's what has gotten us to where we are now. Obviously, it didn't happen overnight. It's been a very slow creep. But you know what? For 25 years, over 25 years, coming up on 26, we've talked about that every weekend here. So it's not new to any of us, is it? And um, for new folks, we're going to tell you the truth. And... um, you're going to be the, you know one of the smartest people in the room because you're not going to fall for any of this other clickbait and some stupid teleprompter speech uh, where, again, you're just being lied to your face. Um, so, And then, you know, part of that is, the, again, the people in power. So this week we also heard from uh, Neil Karshkari, who's the president of the Federal Reserve Bank out in Minneapolis. And now he's saying that the odds of avoiding a deep recession and achieving a soft landing are rising as the Federal Reserve tries to bring down uh, the stupid inflation that and un- unnecessary inflation that they helped to cause by keeping interest rates at zero and by putting too much money into the economy on top of everything that this administration has done in spending and its wasteful spending as well. Um, but he said, look, we're not out of the woods yet. Isn't that that's a stellar comment from a president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Minneapolis, Neil Kashkari. We're not out of the woods yet. Look, that's our base case scenario, he said, that the economy continues to surprise how resilient it is. That's really a good thing. Nonetheless, he's not going to dismiss the hardship that the Americans are feeling. Now, remember, this is a guy that ran for governor in California, I think it was. He's just a, he's recycled, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Let me keep my foot in the door so I get, taxpayer money so I have influence so people will hear me and write about me and interview me this guy this is this information and I did a thing on this a couple months ago with Kosh Kari but this is the same guy that two years ago said he thought interest rates would stay near zero until the end of 2023 they don't know which way is up? And these are the people making decisions. It's really, really scary, but, you know, I'm really, it was so heartwarming for him to say that he understands inflation is hurting the American people. Wow. That's, that's just, that, that is so comforting coming from this bureaucrat, you know, just wants to be on the coattails of everybody and everything as long as he can. So something going on outside of our border um, 
that's impacting you, and I just wanted you to know about it. Argentina's economy minister, Sergio Massa, said this week that Argentina will not use, quote, a single dollar, unquote, of their own money to make a $2.7 billion repayment to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund. So Massa, he said in a speech that it would be possible because they're doing an extended swap deal with China. That's great. China is going to control more of the world because we have no leadership and don't know how to. Um, and also they're going to get a new loan from the Developmental Bank of, uh, of Latin America. So he said that, um, again, they're not going to use any of their money to repay the International Monetary Fund. Why is that important? Because you, the American taxpayer, are the biggest contributor to the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, as well as the World Bank. And again, you get these bureaucrats that sit, make these deals, make all their connections so that when they're done at whatever post they're, they're at currently and they go into the private sector, they can make a killing on speeches, on getting paid, you know, one hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year to be on a board seat. Um, maybe they get a gig as a CEO somewhere. They're doing consulting work. This is your money. Argentina owes it to us, the American taxpayer. Not only did they say they're not going to pay it with their money, they're going to use money from China to pay it, which means that they're more beholding to the Chinese Communist Party. So um, just massive amounts of damage are being done on a daily basis in this country because of the people that have been elected and appointed. You want an example of that? And I'm not being a, you know, trying to be a downer today. I'm really not. It's just the facts. You know what happened this week? Fitch announced it's officially downgraded the United States of America's long-term debt. So we went from a rating of triple A to a rating of double A plus. Why? Because Fitch is finally doing their job as a rating agency and admitting that we have this unexpected fiscal deterioration and, of course, the heavy debt burden that this country has now. Coming up on $33 trillion in debt. That's before Social Security, Medicare, you know, all the other stuff. So Fitch said, look, there is an erosion of governance, rising deficits. I mean, they're right. They're doing their job, thankfully. You know, they didn't do it during the housing crisis, and they kept giving everybody the thumbs up as far as ratings when they had junk and derivatives that weren't worth anything, and we go into the Great Recession. Well, now they're finally doing their job, so good for them. Um, look, it, it's not rocket science, right? We've said, when this administration came in, what you need to do is keep the border shut. That's for our national security to protect the citizens of this country. And number two, stop the spending. Just the opposite. Open the border, wide open, and then spend, spend, spend. So, you know, no big surprise that we get uh, you know, that were downgraded. Oh, by the way, they also downgraded Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. They're the ones that hold most of the mortgages in this country. This is embarrassing. I mean, this has been embarrassing from the election and the cruddy show that that was and all the nonsense that went on. And it's just continued. And then one thing that we've been talking about, we're, we saw this week a little bit of movement on a U.S. House committee launched a probe into the largest asset management company in the world concerning the flow of capital out of the U.S. and into the People's Republic of China, the Chinese Communist Party. So who have we been talking about here for, for many, many, many months? BlackRock. 
Look, BlackRock is in charge of a whole lot of money. Nine trillion dollars, approximately, in assets under management. They don't care who they give money to, investing-wise. And a lot of that is to the Chinese Communist Party, to the extent that it helps their military, which they've already said that, you know, they have no respect for the United States. And um, if we end up in war over Taiwan, we end up in war. But in the interim... Let's give them our money that we work hard for and then we invest to try to better our lives and try to secure our retirements. And what did they say? Approximately $429 million has been invested in Chinese companies. Those are just the ones that pose national security risks that we know about and act directly against the United States, our interests in the United States. So uh, Larry Fink is a trader. Um, he, again, I've said so many, so many times, Larry Fink, he is a Clinton, Obama, Biden lapdog. You know, it doesn't, it's not enough that this guy is the CEO of the biggest asset management company in the world. No, again, he wants that power. He has that greed. He wants to be, you know, invited to the right weddings and the right birthday parties. And what he really wanted to be was uh, Secretary of the Treasury because he thought Hillary Clinton was going to win before she got smoked in the election. And that dashed his dream. So now he's with the Biden administration. No surprise there. And um, he's trying to um, advance his... um, his causes, and his betterment, basically. And he's doing it at our expense. This guy, if he would just get on an iceberg and float away, this whole world would be better off. No doubt about it. And what's really scary, and I I mentioned this a few months ago, Biden put him in charge of all of your money that's going over to Ukraine. This guy is going to see how the money is spent in rebuilding Ukraine. Now, how much of that do you think is going to be laundered? I mean, we already know that, if I remember right, I think Ukraine was the fourth most corrupt government in all of Europe and one of the most corrupt in all in the world. And now all of a sudden, they are, it's okay for us to send hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars, your money, over there? What a joke. I mean, again, the, this is evil with a capital E. Others we've talked about, Sequoia Capital, keep that name. And there's others. Um, but the the light is really coming on. And um, it's shining bright on these, uh, these companies. We talked about the ESG failure with BlackRock a couple weeks ago and how Larry uh, Fink got mad, said, I'm not going to use ESG anymore. Well, sorry, Larry, we figured out your scam. You and Vanguard and Fidelity and State Street and all the rest of you. We don't want anything to do with that junk. So um, that was, uh, you know, sad to see. The good part is that we'll see what kind of activity this House committee actually undertakes and how far and how hard they push. They've been disappointing in uh, a lot of these investigations in that they say, look, look at this. We told you so, and then they don't do anything. Well, that's that's a waste of time. If you're not going to do anything, if you're not going to right the ship, then save our money. You guys are spending millions and millions of dollars in these investigations. I mean, it's really no different than the January 6th impeachments and all, except that you know, it might be a little less expensive, but it's still a waste of money. The impeachments never went through the Senate. Waste. They knew that from the beginning. It was all dog and pony show. And I think a lot of these uh, Republican committees are doing the same thing. Take action. Don't just point your finger. Take action. I'll tell you who's taking action. People that used to drink Bud Light. Anheuser-Busch, InBev reported a steep drop in profits this week um, because of the boycott against Bud Light. 
So the company said that their revenue dropped 10.5% in the second quarter and their earnings were down 28.2%. This is serious. This is sticky. I don't know that this is going away. Okay, so those are hard numbers. Revenue dropped 10.5% in the quarter. Earnings down 28.2%. They fired people last week. Here's the rub. The company's CEO and management, they still insist that consumers have a generally favorable view of Bud Light. That's a lie, number one. The numbers prove you're a liar. And that's denial, spin, whatever you want to call it. Nothing's going to get better for Bud Light until they make some serious, serious changes. And the changes they've made so far in their advertising have been total failures. So who benefited? Just so you know, there's always winners and losers. Coors Light and Miller Light are now 50 times bigger than Bud Light by total industry dollars. So last year, Bud Light was bigger than both of those, bigger than Coors Light and Miller Light. And what's happening? Well, retailers have already cut prices for the beer. They still can't move it. People are mad. They are PO'd. They don't want anything to do with this. So what happens now? Retailers are starting to push out Bud Light space on the uh you know on the, the the shelf to make room for these other beers that are selling these are serious actions and for a ceo and management to come out and say no they're we're still pretty favorable you're how did you get that job again i could take a fifth grader we could figure this out in a half an hour so it's it's actually fun because when you're in denial and you lie to people, then it's great to see you get dragged out to the woodshed. And um, I was at a country concert last Thursday night at Jason Aldean, and it was, you know, that's what they sell. Nobody was walking around hardly at all, and there was a ton of people there. It was at Meriwether Post Pavilion, and my wife and I and our daughter, we walked all around, you know, visiting people, and it, you just, you could see they didn't have it. They didn't have Bud Light in their hand. And that's the big, uh, um, you know, the big company that uh, that provides there is Anheuser-Busch InBev. So I'll leave you with this. I know you worked your tail off this week. You did good things. You make the right decisions. Um, and, and we try to do that all the time, right? And we're, we're, we're doing the right thing. Well, here's what I saw this week. It just makes you want to put your hand through the drywall. Um, one of Biden's closest friends in the Senate last month placed a large placed a large financial bet against the United States economy. So Tom Carper, he's a De- uh, Democrat senator from Delaware. He's a member of the Senate Finance Committee. Disclosed this week that his wife, on July 13th, purchased up to $95,000 in Ranger Equity Bear ETF and ProShares Short QQQ. Now, what does that mean, just in case you don't know? Those two funds that they invested in short stocks as a hedge against economic downturns. So... This guy, Carper, is saying that Biden's one of my best friends. He's doing a great job with the economy. Bidenomics is working. The job situation is great. You know, fill in the blank. And then he bets against the economy because he's protecting himself from the economy going south. So if you think everything's so great, why are you doing that? He's been saying, oh, it's the economy's resilient thanks to POTUS, and it's growing stronger every day. Let me go ahead and place this bet. So if the economy goes down and we go into recession and the markets go down, then I make more money. So just more lies, deceit, misdirection, the greed. 
um, more elected officials that are getting caught doing this. We talked about Pelosi and others and their staff, by the way. They have that insider information as well. So um, it's really a shame. It it really is. Um, And what I can do is tell you about it because I follow uh, a lot of different things during the week, of course, and um, we want to be aware. So quick break when we come back. Economic data, including that jobs report. Stay tuned. Feeling better now that we're through. Join Celebrate Frederick for the Summer Concert Series Sunday, August 6th from 7 to 8.30 at the Baker Park Band Shell sponsored by Ryan Holmes. Enjoy the music of Rays of Violet, Frederick's finest Grateful Dead tribute band. All shows are free. In lieu of admission, bring a canned food donation to benefit the Frederick Food Bank. And don't forget cash for the weekly 50-50 raffle sponsored by Ryan Holmes. For more information, visit CelebrateFrederick.com. Are you tired of playing the thermostat game? One room, always too cold or just a little too hot? But getting it just right only takes one call. At Marcool Heating and Cooling, we believe in whole home comfort. So everyone is comfortable in every room. Make sure your system is running at peak performance. Visit our website at marcoolhvac.com. That's Marcool with a K. Proudly serving Frederick and surrounding counties with Carrier. Turn to the experts. MarcoolHVAC.com. We do the right thing. Mid-Maryland's News and Talk Station, 930 WFMD. Welcome back. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. So the main uh, pieces of data we got this week that really caught my eye, the two ISM reports. The first one showed that manufacturing edged up just a little bit in July from where it was from June. It went from a reading of 46 to 46.4, although it's the ninth straight month that um, we've seen it below 50, which is uh, the break-even point. So it's still in contraction. Um, And then when you look at the ISM services report, that unfortunately fell from 53.9 down to 52.7. So obviously it's above 50, but it's awful close and not a real healthy sign. And then the jobs report was disappointing yesterday. We saw that 187,000 jobs were added uh, last month. That was less than just the 200,000 that was uh, expected by economists. That was the consensus. So could have been better for sure. Um, and of course, the wages still are not keeping up with inflation. Inflation's still the talk around the table. And I, unfortunately, I think it's going to be for a while. So um, one of the reasons that um, we have the inflation is because of spending, overspending by the government. On the other side of this break, that's what we're going to be talking about with my guest is um, – you know, what the latest bill looks like as far as our budget. Lord, I pray there'll come a day when the stars fall from the sky and every wish my bay. This is 930 WFMD and WFMD.com. Now... WFMD News. A Frederick man charged as an accessory after the fact in a first-degree murder is moving to dismiss the charge against him. An attorney for 30-year-old Ismael Lopez Lopez was in court on Thursday. She filed a motion to suppress evidence and dismiss the charges against her client. The charge stems from the murder of 15-year-old Limbar Lopez Funes, who was reported missing in February. Lopez Funes' body was found in April in the area of Gambrel State Park. Four other men have been charged charged with the murder. A vehicle registered to Lopez Lopez was seen on video surveillance entering and leaving the park during the early morning hours in the month of February. He's currently being held without bond. 
The Wildwoods have concluded their 100th annual National Marbles Tournament, and Jessica Thompson of Middletown was crowned the girls' champion. I've been uh, practicing since I was... Um since I was nine. So it's been like seven years now. The marbles game which competitors participate in is called Ringer. There's this game called Ringer. It's usually played on a 10 foot by 10 foot concrete slab and has this big yellow circle. And you put 13 marbles down in an X shape and you have a larger marble and you use your thumb to flip the larger marble at the other 13 marbles in the ring and you try and shoot them out of the circle. The winner is the individual who is first to shoot marbles out of the circle. And a temporary road closure is scheduled for later this month. Frederick County officials say Station Road between Mount Tabor and Shank Roads will be closed starting on or about Monday, August 28th, for pipe repair and bank stabilization. I'm Kevin McManus, WFMD News. Fox News, I'm Ann Carrick. New footage shows cartels escorting illegal border crossers and smuggling people over the Rio Grande. Cartels, they would always operate in the shadows. They never wanted to be seen because they understood that the public backlash would be huge. They also understood that prosecutors would then go after them. Right now, the backlash isn't that big and prosecutors won't go after them. So they are operating with impunity. National Border Patrol Council President Brandon Judd on Fox's Cavuto Live. A 29-year-old mother of four is found dead. Her husband arrested Rockdale County Sheriff Eric Levitt. There's going to be another arrest, and that is the reason why we're still out here on, on the field. Um, and we're going to get that individual and any other individuals that could be uh, attached to this case in custody if we find out that anyone else is involved. Imani Robertson's car was found burned July 27th in Atlanta. America's listening to Fox News. The 930 WFMD Skyscan forecast for Frederick and the surrounding counties full this afternoon. Partly sunny, high 89. Partly cloudy for tonight, low 65. Tomorrow, Sunday, mostly sunny, high near 90 degrees. Sunday night, a slight chance of showers and thunderstorms after midnight. Partly cloudy, low 70. On Monday, a chance of showers and thunderstorms. And showers likely possibly a thunderstorm after 2 p.m. Otherwise, partly sunny with a high near 90. PJ's Roofing, when it comes to your roof, they've got you covered. Visit pjsroofing.com. I'm Jim Tice. 930 WFMD with a Fox Sports update. From the Fox Sports studios in Los Angeles, here's Isaac Lohenkron. Being inducted as we speak in Canton. Ladies and gentlemen, the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2023. The first to be inducted, linebacker Zach Thomas. My football career has come full circle from August 5th, 1996, being given that one chance to August 5th, 2023, being forever enshrined into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, baby. New Orleans Saints head coach Dennis Allen announced a short time ago that running back Eno Benjamin has been diagnosed with a torn Achilles extra notable given that Saints running back Alvin Kamara was suspended yesterday for the first three games of the season. Atlanta Falcons head coach Arthur Smith said today that cornerback Jeff Okuda is expected to return early in the regular season from an ankle injury. He was carted off the practice field yesterday. Colts today signed free agent running back Kenyon Drake. Battery Warehouse of Frederick has batteries for all your summer fun. Whether it's your boat, motorcycle, all-terrain vehicles, camper, or even your flashlight to enjoy the starry nights. Battery Warehouse is your one stop for all your battery needs at 434 South Market Street, Frederick. It's your financial editor with Chris Murray on 930 WFMD. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com and as a podcast. And uh, as I mentioned at the top of the program, hope everybody's having a good weekend. Uh, Really important uh, conversation that we're going to have. It's on um, the... The spending bill that uh, bills that uh, have come out of the house and they did, you know, what they worked on before they went on vacation, took the month off. Um, and I'm very happy to have uh, back on the program, a uh, friend of the program, David Ditch. He's a senior policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation. Um, he focuses on federal spending and fiscal policy in the Grover 
M. Herman Center for the federal budget. Um, so before that, it's really nice because he gives us some insider information. He was a budget analyst for the Senate Budget Committee. He also worked on the Senate Small Business Committee for a couple reps and um, and and always has kind of the, the breakdown of what we're dealing with. Hey, uh, David, thanks so much for coming back on. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Sure. So one of the things I saw this week, uh, your piece uh, that you wrote on the Daily Signal uh, that I got in my email was welcome spending cuts and major missed opportunities in House spending bills. Give us an overview of, uh, of what we're talking about there as far as those spending bills. So just for background, um, every year Congress has to pass uh, – bills to fund the federal government so you, you basic you your department of defense uh the various cabinet level agencies a decent number of programs and there is a very heated debate about what the proper amount of spending as you know, in that process should be this year uh democrats i mean you they I think everyone knows, given their druthers, Democrats will look at whatever's on the table and say, okay, we want more. What's different is that since Republicans have taken the House of Representatives and with the narrow margins they have, conservatives in the House are using the leverage that they've got to push for some significant spending reductions, which are very much overdue. Uh, in particular, when it comes to domestic spending, which has, which you, if you compare the uh, the domestic portfolio, you know, how much we're spending there, compared to where we were at the last year of the Obama administration, it's gone absolutely through the roof. So, I mean, I know there's um, you know, ten to twenty people um, in the house that are trying to hold the line and beating back the you know the the dragon the spending dragon um i mean how successful do you think they've been like you said it's a very uh thin margin and politics is politics um do you think that they did the best that they could have done or do you think we could have uh even seen uh better pushback so i think the conservatives have been doing an outstanding job of sort of for, forcing uh, the forcing Republican leadership to live up to their words. Because if you just look at the speeches and the campaign rhetoric, you'd think that any Republican wants to reduce spending and balance the budget. And then when the rubber meets the road, unfortunately, a lot of them don't actually prioritize that. The conservatives ha- were able to get the uh, the House Appropriations Committee to insert a number of spending reductions that, while not precisely what I, you know, as much far as I would want to go as a you know, as a staunch fiscal conservative, they are they are significant in that not only is it you know, not growing the way it tends to every year, uh, but in some cases you've got like fifteen percent cut to the Department of Education. Uh, you've got a 40% cut to some uh, environmental protection agency programs. Um, you've got some significant cuts to foreign aid. Um, in each case, they are addressing things that you know, the Department of Education, that's captured by the left. Not only you know the, the federal bureaucracy, but then the subsidies for local uh, public schools. Um, the EPA grants are oftentimes incredibly wasteful and certainly have nothing to do with what ought to be federal priorities. Um, and I, you know, I'm guessing most of leader, most listeners understand, uh, that when we're running deficits of one and a half trillion dollars a year, we are in a position to be giving charity to foreign countries. 
Well, yeah, and, and you know, David, that uh, brings up uh, something else, and, and that's a perfect segue I was going to uh, ask you about. We talked about it earlier in the program. I'll let everybody know in case they hadn't heard about the Fitch rating uh, downgrade. Um, that's flat-out embarrassing. Um, now, I, as I mentioned, I'm really glad that Fitch decided to come out and say, hey, you're going from AAA to AA+. Oh, also, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac over there, same thing. You guys, you know, your financial house is in disarray, and um, it's deteriorating every, literally every second when you look at the debt clock. So that was very, very refreshing to see because, uh, you know, we didn't see that from the rating agencies back during the financial and housing crisis, and that turned out to be a, an extremely painful thing to go through. Um, what's your take on the downgrade? Do you see that as serious, or you, do you discount that? How do you feel about it? I think it's very much warranted, and some of the criticisms that they had for Congress are they're, they're dead on. Uh, when they talk about not only the fundamentals in terms of you know, how high the debt has gotten, especially over the last couple of years, and then you look at you know, where things are going to be moving forward, uh, the Congressional Budget Office expects that the annual deficits will never drop below $1.5 trillion a year. Very soon they're going to start exceeding $2 trillion a year. So they're, we're on our way to having annual peacetime deficits of you know approaching 10% of the economy which is just mind-boggling and completely without precedent and then they talk they also talked a lot about governance congress is increasingly dysfunctional especially on this issue members of congress from both sides you know, whether it's pretty much every democrat and then also a lot of the you know, quote unquote moderate republicans are all about increasing spending, have no problem adding to the national debt as long as it's something that they consider to be a good thing. One of the, one of the rhetorical devices I, that drives me absolutely up a wall is the extent to which quote-unquote moderates are the ones that are the most reliable votes for adding to the national debt and yet that isn't seen that is never presented in the media as an extreme position whereas the limited number of conservatives in both chambers are always presented as conservative for not wanting the country to go bankrupt yeah and trying to make them look bad and again um you know i'm not um you know, I'm not giving you praise just because you're on the program, but uh, you and Heritage, you guys do a great job of pointing out and naming the people. Like you said, they're campaigning, and here's my bumper sticker, and I'm all about fiscal, you know, responsibility. And then literally, you see their yes vote. So um, we always talk about that here. I know you guys do, and uh, I really appreciate it because the more that that gets out to people, the better informed they are to make those decisions and start thinking. Well, hey, maybe we do need to primary some of these people, uh, especially because they've been in there for way too long and um, are way too entrenched. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll uh, finish our conversation with our guest this morning, uh, Mr. David Ditch. He's a senior policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation. So stay tight. I'm Henry Winkler. My eyes are very important to me. My eyes connect me with things I love. I loved my late father-in-law dearly. He always lit up a room, but his vision dimmed with age. He had age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. And since partnering with Apellus, I've learned there's an advanced form of the disease called geographic atrophy, or GA. His struggle with vision loss made me want to help others know about GA's warning signs. For some, straight lines seem wavy, like when looking at a doorframe. For others, blurry or missing spots can make it hard to read or see loved ones' faces. 
Many have trouble seeing in low light, making driving at night difficult. GA gets worse over time and cannot be reversed. If you've been diagnosed with AMD and notice vision changes, don't wait. Talk to your eye doctor about GA today. Learn more at gawontwait.com. That's gawontwait.com. Join 930 WFMD for our next upcoming event. Look for us leading up to the Summer Concert Series from 5 to 7 this Sunday at Baker Park in Frederick with Battery Warehouse of Frederick and 930 WFMD. This is Chris Murray, your financial editor on Free Talk Radio 930 WFMD at WFMD.com. And as a podcast, just uh, go to Apple Podcasts. You can grab it there. And uh, wrapping up our conversation with our guest, Mr. David Ditch, Senior Policy Analyst at the Heritage Foundation, focuses on federal spending and fiscal policy. Go to Heritage.org and you can uh, read all of David's uh, fine work and uh, his colleagues as well. Um, He was a budget analyst for the Senate budget. Budget Committee and um, also worked for the Senate Small Business Committee. He got his, his uh, master's degree in political management from George Washington University, and he holds a bachelor's degree in economics and political science from the University of Rochester. So, uh, David, um, what do you think happens just to, uh, you know, kind of look in your crystal ball when uh, Congress gets back from the recess? How do you see this stuff going forward, knowing that we're going to run out of money at the end of September? I think there's really no scenario where they don't need to do what they call a continuing resolution to sort of kick the can down the road. Uh, the, the two chambers are far apart on what they think is the appropriate amount of spending overall, let alone you know in each particular section of the federal government. Uh, the House has only passed one out of 12 of the spending bills. The Senate hasn't passed any. So you know, this is going to continue a long and, frankly, pathetic tradition of you know, kicking the can past the end of the fiscal year in, on September 30th, probably you know, moving towards some massive, quote-unquote, omnibus uh, spending package around Christmas time. Um, again, it, it would be nice if Congress was not dysfunctional like this, but it is. So who's to blame? Like, right away, McCarthy wanted to be Speaker. I think he would have sold his grandmother to get it. Um, He gets it. Is he responsible? Is Chuck Schumer uh, leading the Senate? Who is responsible? I mean, one out of 12 and zero is, like you said, it's pathetic. It's embarrassing. I mean, what do they do? I blame almost everyone except for, like I say, a, a very handful of members who are principled and who are sticking to their guns on spending levels. Uh, I think um, if, we, if we go back just a couple months, there was the bipartisan deal to raise the debt ceiling, which included uh, in theoretical uh, spending levels for the, the upcoming year, the, you know, what they've been working on with these spending bills. And McCarthy had made promises to conservatives and, frankly, to the American public, I would say, about reducing spending. And yet the deal that was cut not only didn't have meaningful sort of you know, on-paper reductions to spending, but it was also shocked to the gills with gimmicks, some of which I view as not just, you know, it's not just, oh, I'm you know, an accountant and I'm you know, sort of haggling with them. Some of these things are fraudulent. You know, they're creating money, they're creating funds that are not going to be spent. They're cutting the fake funds and turning it into real spending, but this is all happening in ways that are out of the public view, um, you know, very technically oriented so that most people aren't gonna catch it. And that really, I think, that felt like, especially for McCarthy to endorse it, it sort of broke the faith that he had with the conservatives, and that's why they're still pushing back. 
Yeah, well, and <clears throat> excuse me, I'm with you. I, I mean, even more so maybe because I appreciate uh, the ones uh, in the House that are throwing grenades basically and calling people out and um, and speaking truth. Um, it, it's very, very welcome, uh, you know, to see that and to, to you know, to have some of the, the voice in your mind actually being projected where um, there's no way for them to run and hide, whether it was the hearing that I watched, uh, the House hearing on the border or, you know, the others that I've watched. I mean, it's just, um, it, it's great to get that pushback. But at the end of the day, you know, we're still, like you said, kicking the can. Um, we've got uh, these downgrades. Um, we know um, about all the other weaknesses that have been pointed out. So um, d- uh, do you see, like, you know, how? Do it, what's the best case scenario going forward as far as uh, trying to improve our spending problems? I think the, the the number one thing that has to happen is the public needs to recognize the enormity of the problem and start pushing back against the representatives. Uh, we saw it for a brief period of time during the height of the Tea Party movement from you know, 2009 through 2011, 2012. Uh, Congress enacted spending limits. Uh, the deficit came down, but unfortunately, as that issue has moved off the front pages, and a lot of times you don't see any sort of discussion about you know the federal government's finances, you can watch every cable news channel 24-7. You can go weeks without any sort of mentioning of this issue. And when members of Congress don't think they're going to be held accountable for deficit spending, that's exactly what they're going to do to the maximum extent they can get away with it. Yeah, well put. Uh, unfortunately, that's exactly what's going on. And then, and, and you know, again, in in um, in all credit to you guys at Heritage dot org and you and your colleagues, you know, you're definitely keeping people's feet to the fire, and uh, that's good. And then for everybody, I think as a citizen, I know we're all busy. We all have lives, and we're trying to do the right thing and make good decisions, and you know, get ahead. But we have to make this a priority. It's it's so important to pay attention um, to this. So I appreciate you uh, giving us your insight today. Again, folks, you can go to heritage.org. David's latest piece is Welcome Spending Cuts and Major Missed Opportunities in House Spending Bills. And he talked about that a little bit today. Thanks, David. I appreciate it. Have a good one. You too. So uh, go to heritage.org. This is so important. I mean, it's... You know, everybody spends all their time on Facebook and on Twitter and Netflix, and and I get it. You know, I do too. I mean, obviously, I have uh, my vices, but we've got to be engaged in this, and we've got to be, we've got to care. Otherwise, we're continuing to go. Uh, like I say, we look like Thelma and Louise headed for the cliff. So something's got to give. And I think that is us. Back to even David's uh, comment about the Tea Party. You know, that's that's important stuff to remember that and to see all of the progress uh, that was made over those uh, those years. So uh, that does it for us. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today. And I'll talk with you on the Morning News Express with the Morning Mayor. Uh, Monday through Friday, live calls, 556-5750. This is Chris Murray wishing you and your family financial success. <laughs>